we love that. That brings joy to us, that back and forth. That just, you know, that's just what we like. So you want to play that game, we can play that game. It's cool. You know, it's, it's all it's all on in between the lines. Like we're, we're competing for something huge. Like, so we're not, you know, it's never personal. I don't care who I'm talking to. It's just a person right here. And I'm just going to say what I feel. And I'm going to do what I feel too. And that's what I'm going to do. And we, like, you know, if you, you bring it and we, we on that, that's cool. But, you know, that's what, we love. That's what you saw happen. You saw ain't no running in the yeah. end, man. Climb up the chimney. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Dr. Fun, Smoke, man. man. We're going to let everybody know we're here. We're going to play hard, trying to get a win. And if you don't like it, oh well. You might as well bring it, so. You're going to cry with the baby. I'm, just... I'm done with all that bluffing on the court because them guys do a lot of bluffing, so, you know. From the bluff city, man, we don't do no bluffing, man. Grizz Nation, what's going on? Welcome back to another. Welcome back to another episode of the No Bluffing Podcast, man. man. And I got my guy Evan Hayes back with me for a second week in a row, man. The people were saying they 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 they, they didn't they, they didn't they didn't get enough last week, Evan. So we're gonna run this back again for another week, second week in a row, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. You know. Just trying to make it day by day, you know, but we good. Grizz is back, so that's always good, you know, life good, family good, so we good. I can't complain too much, man. Talk about it. Talk about it. It could always be worse, man. It could always Facts. be worse. But I, and I got a new mic now. I know y'all was tripping last week. We had good conversations, <laughs> but my mic got all messed up, so we got a new mic set up now, so hopefully this just sound good so we can re- so y'all can really hear what me and my boy Chris got to say. Right, right, right. A little trial and error, man. We're gonna figure this thing out for sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like you said, man, the Grizzlies were back this week. Uh, it, it's been feeling a little weird, man, for just a week to go without a Grizz basketball, man. You're so used to, you know, uh, you we play one night and you know, you Nick had the next night off, but you, you almost know what you're doing the next night after that, mm-hmm. maybe two nights after that, too, depending on the week. A whole week without it, man. It was it was weird for for me for sure. So for sure, for sure, for sure. man. Glad to have him back, man. The Grizzlies just got done uh, playing the Los Angeles Clippers this past Friday. Was it Friday? Or was it Thursday? Yeah, it was Friday. It was Friday. Friday. It was Friday. Friday. Yeah, man. And, and, and a hell of a game, man. Came down to the wire. Uh, really thought they was gonna pull it out against four Hall of Fame players <laughs> going Honestly. against. Going against Jaron Jackson Jr. and 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 the hustle <laughs> like for real, though. For real man. What, what was your thoughts on the game? Yeah. I I loved everything I saw. Honestly, like everybody that pretty much on the floor contributed, and the only thing that you can be happy with or that you can be mad at that I'm not is just like is like executing down the stretch. But when you don't have your top guys and have a lot of young guys, you can you expect that. You know the Clippers just made more plays. They showed their experience. They showed their veteran mindset, their championship experience with some of them, and they had to get their win. But I love everything I see. Trip plays super aggressive. Gigi did his thing. Even Zaire had a pretty good game, which is something that you don't see all the time. So it's just a collective team right. effort. You know, I feel like what I love to see was 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 the defensive effort we saw with everybody. You know, I think we only held to the Clippers to one-on-one, I think, or like a little over 100 mm-hmm. points. 
You know? Mm-hmm. So that's the stuff I hang my hat on that I love to see. Everybody know in this modern day NBA, everybody can score 120 points, 130 points. But very right. rare to see a 95 to a one-on-one, one-on-two game. You know? So with that, with that, I was happy to see what I saw. Trip almost had 30. And he's you we see him every game taking that leap to what we want him to be. Vince mm-hmm. Williams is still being that Swiss Army knife that can do a little bit of everything. So despite the I take it is overall positive for sure. Do you would you say that they tanking is a soft tank, or did they are they just letting these games like this? Are they just letting them kind of slip away at the end? What's your take on it? I think Tay Jenkins is like, hey, we can let these boys hoop and we get a win. Cool. If we don't, cool either. Like, because yeah. I feel like tank, because a lot of people was upset that we're tanking because Trip and Marcus Smart are still going to be out for three more weeks. And, like, I had some people hit me up, like, they still been practicing. Why aren't they playing? They got to be taking. I think, I don't think it's tanking. I think it's just letting the young boys get some running and seeing what they're in the front office, seeing what we have. That's a difference yeah. than literally trying to lose games. Mm-hmm. We, we, we want these guys to be competitive, to have growing pains, to learn through these situations they're going to see down the line, and let's see what happens. So I don't think we're taking. I just think we're trying to be competitive, and if we so happen to get a high draft pick with that, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. It's only one game that I can look at, and and, and I feel like <laughs> that Tank Kyle was put in, man. If you were, I don't know if you remember, it was, uh, it was a few weeks ago, and I want to say Jaren had, like, he picked up his fifth foul with like three minutes left in the game. Like the game was basically over at that point. He got his fifth foul, and instead of letting him play through it, Taylor Jenkins took him out. Just took him out yeah. and then put him back in. I think it was like another minute, 20, minute, 30 left when he put him back in. And at that point, the game had, you know, it slipped away a little bit too much from where them guys could have won. Uh, and you know, a lot of people in Grizz Nation, they was they was on his ass that night. So um, yeah. that's the only one that I can really point to personally and be like. Man, somebody may have came and tapped him on his shoulder. <laughs> but uh, I'm with you, man. I think they just going out there competing, trying to, you know, build as many winning habits as they can uh, during this stretch. And, you know, whatever happens on the other side of it is where we get. Like you said, if we get a great draft pick, I mean, that's a win-win oh, for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. But we've seen, uh, we seen a lot of growth with the guys, which is good to see. You know, mm-hmm. every game we've seen, like, GJ's may not have a big game offensively, but he's doing other stuff on the floor that you like to see. Yeah. And even Trip may have – Trip had a big game. And if you can see this Trip now with when Jai and Dez and, and Marcus Martin come back, that's stuff that I feel like Grizz Nation should be looking at more despite, like, despite the win and loss coming. Especially right. Grizz Twitter. Them folks be tweaking if we lose a game. Like, this season a wash. Like, it's a wash, to be honest with you. I don't get – why people are so upset with the decision that Teddy Jenkins is making or the front office is making when we're not being, we're not going to win anything this year. We're not, we're simply not. Right. Why still try to win games when we're 13th in the West right now and all our top guys are out. Just enjoy the season. Enjoy these young boys hooping. Right. Like, enjoy. You, you're going to sleep for all Grizz Nation. You're going to sleep way better at night. If you simply <laughs> just enjoy the games and enjoy the competitiveness, forget the, forget the box score, forget the end result. Just see growth and right. and see the guys that you that ain't hooping. Then try to get them guys out of there and be cool on that. That's just my speed. I just feel like people are way too emotional about these last 25, 26 games because mm-hmm. they really want wins. That's just not the trajectory this team is on for this season. Next year, that's a different story. But this year, yeah. just watch the boys grow and see and see what dividend that's going to play down the line. 
Yeah, man. Enjoy watching Jake LaRava go, go out there and just be <laughs> sloth, like he said. <laughs> just forget. <laughs> that boy's so bad. Man, so bad that the own media team set him up with a meme yeah, that he'll yeah. never be able to let down, like ever. 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 <laughs> when man. he's 40, 45 years old with kids, his kids going to bring that up. Damn, who called you sloth when you play? <laughs> For real, though, bro. That stuff was terrible. It was funny, though. Yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of people, man, they was kind of, you know, frustrated to your point, you know, talking about the, you know, being kind of upset with kind of how the season is going and, and stuff like that. A lot of people was upset um, with the announcement that, like you were talking about earlier, that uh, Marcus Smart Dibs and Bang gonna be out for, you know, any, they say three to five weeks. I'm just gonna say a month. But like you said, man, like this is me personally how I feel. You know, if, if they if they do come back for, you know, maybe five games in the season, great. If they don't come back and play another minute this season, I'm probably even more happy because, bro, anything that is attached to the 2023 season, which this season is basically the 2023-2024 season, like, mm -hmm. it's cursed. Yeah. It's cursed, bro. Yeah. We have had literally record-setting um, games lost to injury. With yeah. all of the games we lost to injury this year, and the injuries that we have have been some of the like just the freakiest of man. Marcus Smart shot a three, flicked his wrist, celebrated, and realized that his finger was out of play. Like, what are we talking about, bro? Man? Did you, bro? If you watch it, John Moran has it on YouTube channel, right? Mm -hmm. And yep. where like his media team like produced the behind the scenes stuff like that. He great really show, by the way. Great shot by shot by now. He's a great. YouTube content. Shout out him. He he literally said Jolly to say he popped his shoulder out just by stretching. He was starting to Blew work my out. mind. He said he was just stretching his arms and his just popped out of place. Like at that point, like what can you do? I'm what thinking he do? came off a screen and it bumped around. He fell on it the wrong way. No, he was stretching and he popped his shoulder out of place. Like you can't be you can't be mad at that like that's just God at that point, bro. Like yep, yep. God was like, okay, I'm gonna have y'all chill for a season, you know, let all the let all the stuff, let all the heat get off a of job and all the mm -hmm. team, you know, people saying that we arrogant and like let all that chill. Let, let us get our brains beat in for a season, and then next year <laughs> we can be straight, you know. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm excited, man. I'm gonna tell you why. Um, I think I come back after the 25 games. He was only gonna be able to do so much in a sense, mm -hmm. as far as trying to repair his image in other people's eyes. You know, if you're a Memphis fan, uh, it, me personally, I, I say if you're a Memphis fan, you probably, you know, you forgave Ja a long time ago. And I say forgive, right. I, I use that word lightly. Like he didn't yeah. do nothing to us. He made a, a stupid uh, stupid decision that ended mm -hmm. up, you know, costing him some gangs, but he ain't hurt me personally. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he ain't killed nobody. Like, he, ain't, yeah. he ain't fight nobody, like, nothing like that. Yeah, he ain't no pedophile yeah. out here messing with little girls like somebody that's still playing that's on mm -hmm. an investigation, but we'll leave that alone. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. like, it, it's nothing like that. So, you know, but as far as the NBA, um, you know, I just going to up here about this year as far as repairing his image. Uh, mm -hmm. with him, with him going through that situation with the injury and things like that, you've kind of, you know, like you said, you bought us some time to get away from it a little bit longer. Uh, mm -hmm. time heals all wounds, but the main thing is, and I can't remember, um, uh, where I was looking at this, it may have, I can't remember what it was, but man, I'm 
when he put his the little eyes when he retweeted a tweet about him being in the dunk contest next year. Yeah. I said, man, and you know, we was talking about this last week, me and you. We, we were, were, yeah, we were talking about how to fix the dunk contest and all-star weekend, but taking it a further, man, fixing John Moran's image. What what would be the I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about it from that lens last week, but just mm-hmm. what would make him, you know, just be in the hearts and 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 the eyes of people of America again better than him going out and competing in that in that slam dunk contest next year, no matter who's in there. You know what I'm yeah, saying? But- Besides competing in a dunk contest, because that, that, that would be the staple, because now we have a star. Because no, no disrespect to Jalen Brown, he's not a star of Jaws' level. Like, just, market, just marketing-wise, he's not that star. So, besides right. dunk contest, just winning, man. Like, everyone loves mm-hmm. to win. If that if we get back to the 2021-2022 vibe, or just the, or just the 1920 vibe, just us hooping, having fun, talking our junk, like, just that vibe, people not going to care no more. Like, right. People have done worse things. Right? I got freshman Evans have done worse things than what Jai mm-hmm. did. They have been forgiven in the public opinion because they simply won. <laughs> they right. simply kept their nose free and still hooped. Like yep. people, yeah, it was even starting to happen. Those nine games that he played when the Grizz was, they was the media was starting to turn a little bit. Just to, talk about it. it. They were starting to turn. They weren't fully on our side, but they were starting to turn because we started off four and zero. Jaw was hooping. Mm-hmm. The team, the energy was back on the team, especially that game. Of course, the last against LA, that was a turn to get hurt. That LA game, I, I feel like, okay. The media starting to like us again, you know, yep. you turn around because just that image of Ja and um trip on the on the on the table, just talk to yep. come, it felt yep. like that energy was getting back. You Thanks. know, we beat the Lakers on national television with LeBron playing, AD playing. Mm-hmm. Mark Smart play with Dez. That's the stuff that that the Grizz want to see. I mean, that the media right. wants to see. Because right. subtly they replaced us with the Thunder as the new Yex young team to like be the upcoming. Them boys ain't messing with us. Like simple as that. When it comes push kind of shove, them boys ain't messing with. But that's what the media has done. They've picked the Thunder, and that's why people putting shy. I mean, it's yay over Ja. They putting Chip Keep over on. Trip. Like. Keep on. That's that's and I understand why the media does that because you need another team to be an upstart and to be that underdog and I get that, but in our they they replaced us with the Thunder and that's just not how that's not right like that's not we looking from ball to ball who can really hoop who can really be a better team undoubtedly we're the better team so simply mm-hmm. just win and be competitive with those top teams in the West like we're contending with the with the Denver's and the, really just Denver because I don't feel like Minnesota's for real either, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Like, Man. just competing with those teams, we'll be straight, bro. And if Ja continue to be an all-star next year, all-NBA again, mm-hmm. it's going to be fine, bro. People going to forget real soon and when, next year when we get hit the ground running and start hooping again, if Ja keep his, keep his nose clean, we'll be straight. Because the only thing that Ja did since he was back was that gun celebration he did. And y'all can't Man. I'm, doing, I'm doing quotation marks. I know y'all can't I'm doing quotation marks right now. He they did tried it. it. They tried to get on dude's case. Lily on Twitter. I had I had um it was who's the show? It was Chandler Parsons. Um shoot. What show was Chandler Parsons on? And he was talking Man. all mess. Waste of time. Had, yeah, it was bro. I can't remember the other dude. It was Chandler Parsons, another Lou Williams. Williams. He responded to me. He responded to me. He was like, stop whining and stop crying. Josh John. He responded to me. Shame and on him. Lewis had my Twitter going, people talking crazy to me. Cause I'm saying, bro, I say I'm disappointed in Lou Will, because Lou Will should know what what the deal is. You feel me? And you from so, the city. 
and you from the city. So that's why I and Lou Will responded to me and had my Twitter go. That's the only bad thing that Ja did. But I'm not mm-hmm. he didn't do anything wrong. That's the only right. thing he did that people tried to make it a thing. But right. it, was a, it was just a dance, folk really tweaking. Yeah. So if he just keep his nose clean, still be him. Like I don't want Ja to be a uh dumped down version of itself because remember Absolutely. After, the, after the first suspension the first suspension he was the first again he he, he didn't look like ja mm-hmm. he wasn't moving like him he looked like he was still like mentally jacked up you know yep. all that if he just bees him and still hoops like at the level the all nba level he can he's gonna be straight man straight up yep yep i'm excited for the for the kid bro like he having a summer where he can, you know, get healthy, work on his game, um, and just, you know, lock in with this core group that we got. Man, next year is going to be a bro. Keep it – just keep sleeping on the Grizzlies. That's all I got to say for national media. Shit, they ain't Grizzlies fans talking about, you know, we ain't ready to compete. Just just, just keep an eye on next season. That's all I got to say. Um, but speaking of next season, man, and I guess it's, it's sprinkled in with this season too. What the hell is up with Santi Aldama? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, a lot of people are very mixed on Santi, like, for mm-hmm. a lot of different reasons. Because on paper, and people really got mixed because he played so well at FIBA this past offseason, this past summer. And people's like, oh, if he's making this jump now, he's going to be great for us, like, mm-hmm. during the season. Like, I like Santi. On paper, he's a 6'10". That can stretch the floor, put the ball on the floor, and do a little bit of everything. But he is terrible at defense. That's that's the first thing. He is a cone on defense. He's possibly one of the worst defenders I've ever seen, like step on the NBA floor. So that's my biggest issue with him. And he's super inconsistent. Like he has no, he's so up and down, like just with his production. Like it's it's crazy to me. Like he is so up and down with his production. Like he, like, he had three straight games with double in New York, Chicago, and Charlotte. He had 11, 15, 11. And in the last four games, he's done six and seven, three, six and seven, seven, seven. He's scored six points and seven, seven, seven. Like, he has no realm of consistency, like, at all. Mm. And that's why I'm so mixed on it because I don't know because when he's on, he can be a very good and valuable asset on this team when he's on mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. he can correct his defense. But when he's not, if he's not giving you nothing offensively and he's already not giving you anything defensively, Right. I don't see the point of having him on the floor. Right. I mean, I mean, we think the same when it comes to that. Like, if you listen to either No Bluffing or when uh, I was doing some guest appearances on Grizz 901, uh, Santi's rookie year, man, I wasn't really rocking with Santi like that, like at mm-hmm. all. Like, I was yeah. like, you know, people were talking about, you know, the, the flashes in the pan that he had. Like, you were talking about him. You say 16. I thought he was seven feet. You know, yeah, to be that tall, and yeah, it, yeah. man, to be that agile, to be that athletic, uh, to have a skill set that he had, like he he almost plays like a small forward in a sense. Mm-hmm. So to be seven feet, it's kind of crazy to say that. Like, yeah, he's not as skilled as a Kevin Durant or, you know, somebody of, of that ilk. But like just the fact that he can move and do some of the things he can do at seven foot, bro, like, like you don't see that. But like yep. you said, he struggles mentality wise. He struggles defensively. Uh and him coming off of last year, you know, I thought he was going to take a leap um, just off his play last year. He was showing that he was a real rotation piece. I had to come on this podcast and everywhere else that I went and apologize to the man because, mm. you know, 
I was killing him his rookie year, and I was that that summer league appearance he had. I was like, ah, yeah, that's Fugazi. They know, but that, that ain't that ain't league. real, you know. Yeah. But no, he proved it to be a real thing last year. He was a like an ultimate, you know, just team role player. Mm-hmm. And then you come into, like you said, FIBA. You're like, oh, he taking another step. Whoa, what is finna happen? Yeah. And he come out here just laying a dud this season. But you know what? I mm-hmm. noticed it early on, and you know I'm. I, <laughs> When I get a grist conspiracy, I don't let it go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't. And, you know, I talked about uh, Steve-O about two, three episodes ago, the conspiracy, and it, you know, ended up proving to be right. Mm-hmm. Knock, knock, knock. Literally two weeks later, he gets traded randomly in the middle of the season when, yeah. you know, all, all fingers pointed to him coming back next season when everybody was healthy. Um, I think it's a little lingering effect of that, bro. I do. Mm. I think that like who 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 Steve O's best friends on the team when he was here? Santi and Jit. <laughs> Santi and Jit. Yeah. And I talked about this in some other circles too. Like, you know, Jitty, he ain't gonna rock the boat. Jitty, he he barely plays with any emotion. I don't even know if Jitty has emotion. He's just <laughs> an even keel guy. You know just, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Yeah, he blow with the wind blow. He just he happy to be here. Yeah. Uh but Santi. The guy, like, he's an emotional player, and you want to yeah. have that on your team. The mm-hmm. problem is when you have emotional player, you got to take the other side of that, too. Fact. And you can just notice, bro, like, this season, he ain't been locked in like he was last year, mentally. No, nah, he hasn't. He hasn't. And I feel like, and I was a guest on Sane's podcast, like, a few months ago with um, my boy Mike Harrell. And mm-hmm. well, the thing we talked about now is job makes a lot of people look good. Mm-hmm. People really seen the effects of how valuable job. I'm not trying to bring back the job, but we it made you think about it. Mm-hmm. Like this season, people are really seeing the value of some guys we have on our team because we right. don't have our all NBA player to make everybody look good. Like job does so much things for your team that doesn't show up in the stat sheet, just drawing attention, getting guys involved. Like they don't show up in the stat sheet that make people look way better than they did. Jake right. Rivers looked way better when he played with job. Zaire Williams played his best basketball when he played with John Morant. Santi Aldama has been playing his best basketball when he's been playing with Jamar, and the list goes on and on. Right. So I agree he has not been locked in this year. He's had so many waves of him going up and down. Like, I think his best stretch of the season was, like, a few weeks ago when he – first he had that big game against Boston where he had, like, 29-30. Yep, yep. Super big good game against Boston. And then he had, like – I think – yeah, I'm looking at it right now. From January 22nd to February 1st, he has five straight games of double figures. That was his best stretch of the season. But in that game, he had two points. Like Inconsistent, dog. That's what I'm saying. Like He had 18 against Cleveland. That's his second highest total of the season, third highest total of the season, besides the 28-point game, the 21-point game against Phoenix the other day. And then, the other, like a few weeks ago. And then you have two points. Like That's exactly what I mean. That's not being locked in. Yep. That's, if you're going off the best stretch of, stretch of your career – how do you drop one bucket in 21 minutes? Like me went one for eight from the field. Oh, for six. He does, he does shoot a lot of threes. He shoots a lot of threes. He shoots Man. a lot of threes. He shoots a lot of threes. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, first, I think it's two things. John makes a lot of people look good. And also him within himself, he is immensely dialed in like he should be. And see, that's my thing. Like, we say that a lot about Zaire, right? Like when Zaire plays with Ja, he's just this unlocked. 
you know, uh, yeah. mythical creature. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> and, for and, sure. And, and for me, you, you know, I, I kind of gave Santi a little bit more respect because, again, he is out there with his national team being one of the main pillars on that team. He, you know, he did show last year that he was able to affect the game on or off the ball, without the ball, you know. Uh, and this year, if he ain't doing a, you know, a weird ass looking, you know, behind the back pass or putting up a three, he don't want nothing to do with it. Like at yeah. all. He likes this is all I want to do is play go to hell ball, put my head down and drive, or pull up on a break on a on a pull it up on a fast break with nobody under the goal. You probably leading the break and pull up for a three. Like that's a that's a low basketball IQ shot. Like, okay. and it's so funny. I put a tweet out earlier this year. I said, Man, Santi has to be the lowest high at um he has to be the lowest high IQ basketball player I've, I've ever seen. Like, we know he's smart, we know that he sees the floor and, and he has a knack for the game. We know that, but it's just looking like it's just a commitment to play a go to hell ball this year because he's frustrated with whatever the situation may be. And like I said, if he is close with Steve-O, which we know that to be true, I just wonder if it's some lingering effects of how that whole situation, not not even how it just ended, but how the whole situation uh, went. Because, again, like I said, this ain't just happened two, three weeks ago with the trade deadline. This has been something that if you've been watching the season all year, you can see just in real time his mentality has been changing, bro. So um, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't really know, man. Like next year he's, you know – Ideally, he's your fifth big in your rotation behind Jaron, whoever our starting center is, BC, whoever the backup center is. And again, he's not really he, big. That's he doesn't play big. Like he doesn't like I was just I didn't mean to cut you off, but like he doesn't, <laughs> doesn't play, he doesn't play big. He he's right. seven foot and averages 5.5 rebounds a game. Like he yeah. doesn't like to rebound. He just doesn't, he's not putting his nose in there to rebound. He like, get the ones that come to him. Yeah, if they fall in his lap. Cool, but like, if, think about it. If your reason why we lost so bad in playoffs last year to to the Lakers because we got killed on the boards, it's not like a size issue. We was like, oh, we just undersized. No, we have two seven footers on the floor. It's just both of them don't like the rebound like that. <laughs> and we had our one dude that deal on the rebound is Aaron Tillman. He's six nine, so right. it's not a size issue. It's a mentality issue. Right. You know, one hundred percent. Santi could be a big, but is he really a big? No, he's not. He's a three. He's a he's a really tall three. But think about it. Next year, you're talking about next year, who who are you gonna play in front of him? Like, no, like who 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 is he gonna play in front of? Who is Santi gonna play in front of? He's not starting, obviously. Just look at the wings. He's not playing in front of Gigi. He's not playing in front of Vince. Nope. If Marcus Smart doesn't if Marcus Smart doesn't start, he's not playing in front of Marcus Smart. Nope. It's three, that's three guys. Who am I missing? I think that's everybody. That's three guys right there, and he can battle. If they both on the route, he can battle with Zaire for that fourth spot. I guess. Shit, if you if you talking about the wing, Lamar Stevens, Lord willing, he's back. I'm yeah. not playing him in front of Lamar Stevens. That's facts. That's another. That's four guys that you're not playing. That you're gonna be sitting behind in minutes, and you you and Zaire, Zaire is battling out for for the fifth man in the wing rotation. Like, what are we really doing? Like, that's that's a oh, take you forgot Luke Kennard. Oh yeah, Luke Kennard. That's another <laughs> wing. I'm tripping. <laughs> And Luke Nard probably be the second or third wing off the bench, probably. If right. not, man, depends on how he's sh- how he's shooting. Right, bro. That's five guys right there in the wing rotation that you're not playing in front of. And then we need bigs, but he doesn't play big. Like Thank he he should be in the big rotation, but he doesn't play big. Yeah. So where is his role really going to be on this team next year? 
year after that, like if they keep him on the team. And that that's what I'm wondering. You got to cash in while I mean, I say this lightly because his value right now is definitely not higher than what it was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm friends with I say friends, uh, but I hop sometimes and in, I hop into some of the uh Brooklyn Net spaces on mm-hmm. Twitter, and uh, man, they high, they are very high and have been very high on Santi Aldama adding them to their court. Now, this year has been a go to hell year for them, too. Yeah. I can't figure out why they're so bad, like, they have the ultimate role player rotation, so they should at least be able to compete. They getting blown out, bro, nightly, and then. You know, shout out to Jock Vaughn. He, you know, was the scapegoat when he, you know, you didn't really give him too much credit when they were winning all those years before. And they ended up giving, you know, the head coaching job to Steve Nash and that field. And so they just kind of said, well, here go the head coaching job here. Like, damn, like, leave us alone. Stop asking for it. But, yeah. you know, they made him the scapegoat. But anyway, long story short. But, hey, but I, you know, but, you know, Kevin Ollie is the head coach of them now. So he may he may turn around. He was the he was one of the coaches in UConn this year. Well, well, past years with UConn, but I don't know. Like it's just, like you say, it's been a bad. It's just been a very bad season for them. Like they should be competitive, but maybe with Kevin Ollie there now with his pedigree, he can maybe turn it around. But that's a whole different. Bro, it's so toxic, and you know this ain't. <laughs> we ain't. We ain't gonna. I don't want to stay on them too long, but we 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 brought it up, so here we are. It was um this weekend. Um, it just got reported this past weekend that what is it, Cam Cam Thomas. He unfollowed the Nets. And, you know, this is social media age, so yeah. that stuff means something now. Like, it's yeah. petty in mm-hmm. ideology, but it's, it means something. He unfollowed the Brooklyn Nets uh, Instagram page, and then Nick Claxton right behind him or about the same time, he just deactivated his whole Instagram page altogether. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I don't know. Man, I don't know what coach you bring in there and, and to fix it. I think it's something deeply rooted in that organization that just something ain't right. Because a lot of people tried to point to Kyrie and say he was a problem. Tried to say James Harden was a problem. Tried to say KD was a problem. Three superstars getting together like that, you just don't throw that away. They don't just want to ask out that fast, bro. Something yeah. is going on with their organization, and uh, they ain't going to see the right side of heaven until they correct whatever it is. Yeah, it may be the front office. It may be the GM. You never mm-hmm. know. It's just Like you say, it doesn't make sense that you have three Hall of Famers on your team, and they all want to leave within one year of each other. People, it's it's something going on, and they try to bring in these new core guys like like Mikael Bridges and all of them. They haven't working. It's not working. They have a bunch of young talent on that team. Very a lot of young talent. Supposedly good coach because I, I think Javon was a good coach. That's just my opinion. I thought he was, mm-hmm. was a pretty good coach. Yeah. I I think Steve Nash should have got a job. That's a whole another different conversation for another day. Yeah. But it's clearly something going on in Brooklyn and bring back the Grizz. If we can somehow benefit off that and get us a Nick Claxton, then we can really start reaping the fruits of our labor this year. <laughs> Hopefully that's, that's wishful thinking though. Yep. 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 So yeah, cash in on Santi while you can, man. Don't let his value get into the tank because as you see like Dylan Brooks, then you don't get nothing for him. You just, you mean, yeah, we got nothing for Dylan Brooks yeah, <laughs> in, in the grand scheme of the trade. Like we got Josh, Christopher, we cut him. We got yeah. a trade exception that they probably not going to even end up using, like, mm-hmm. for nothing. <laughs> that was it. So, uh, yeah, man, Santi, I don't, I don't know what's going on with you, brother, but, you know, um, I even saw a – I think it was a Spanish publication on Twitter. It was just – even a Spanish publication was saying, like, you know, this is the prime opportunity with all the injuries and things like that for him to step up and show his value. Mm-hmm. And he's just doing a piss-poor job of it. I said, well, damn, yeah. if they said it, then, hey <laughs> – I can't argue with that. No, you can't.
So uh, moving on, man, to a little sentimental news, I guess you can say. Uh, mm-hmm. And before we do that, man, if you if you haven't already, go ahead and start what you're doing and subscribe uh, to Bluff City Media on both YouTube, Twitter, all of that. But also give us a follow on Twitter at the No Bluffing Pod, as well as tap in and, and subscribe to wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, whatever platform, whether it be Spotify, whether it be Apple Music, all the other ones, you know, it's on there, but I don't know why you're listening to those another platform outside of, <laughs> outside of those top two. But, yeah. do, but do what you do. Uh, go ahead and subscribe uh, as well as if you are not already, go ahead and, and join the Bluff City Media Discord, man. We had some pretty funny conversations, some real conversations. Sometimes you'll get some, you know, breaking news or tidbits before it happens. Uh, it's plenty of discords over there. You can join not just Grizzlies, but everything Memphis sports. So I want to throw that plug in there really quick. Uh, but before, um, but let's get to this this little sentimental news that came out, man. The Grizzlies end up cutting. They waved that boy, man. They got mm-hmm. him up out of here. <laughs> Damn, my boy Gilly. Got my boy Gilly out of there, man. Gilly is gone, man. Shout out to Jacob Gilliard, man. He, he definitely was uh, – I don't even know what to call it, man. But he 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 definitely he did what he came to do. I'll just say that. Like it's it's hard for a guy that size to etch out of a long career or a career period in the NBA. Uh it's not, it hasn't been many. You know, you talk about Earl Borkins, you talk about Spud Webb, you talk Ty about Lawson. Ty Lawson. I mean, Anthony mm-hmm. Carter himself, you know, shout out to the yeah. great coach. He was a short guard. Um, it's it's really hard, man, to to etch it out. So to see him for the most part, be still one of the most productive mm-hmm. uh, players in the NBA, you know, at his size, with his contract situation, uh, with everything involving the team this year. Uh, you know, he was a steady hand in certain situations. Did what he came to do, man. I ain't really got nothing bad to say with him. And you know what What I really got to give him credit for through all the BS that he had to deal with. I say BS. It wasn't bad. But through everything that he dealt with this year, uh, he's always kept a level head. Mm-hmm. He's a great teammate. Yeah. And even when they asked him to go down to the G League to help GG kind of get set up and running the, the, the greasy offense, he went down there, no trouble, no problem. Um, so I hope that, that some kind of way he gets rewarded, whether it be with the Grizzlies, another team or whatever. I saw somebody, it may have been an actual NBA media, uh, media member. I don't even think it was a Grizzlies media member. I cannot say that. Grizzlies media member, my bad. Hmm. Um, I don't think it was one of them, but – um, basically, this this tweet was saying that hopefully the NBA um, rewards Jacob Gilliard by giving him like a million dollar or like a, a long term contract to be the point guard of the G League at night. Basically, just teaching those guys how to be professionals, you know, as they're transitioning into being an NBA player. And I was like, man, I, that's a great idea because no matter who he plays with. Uh, he sets them up. He helps them, you know, get into offense. He's a he's a hell of a guy, bro. I just need him to get a freaking haircut in Memphis. That's the only thing that irritates me. <laughs> How you in Memphis for, for a year and then you got chopped up once? Like, come on, fam. We got plenty of barbers. He go cutting his shit himself. You can go any part of the city <laughs> and get you a barber, bro. Come on, bro. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so they cut Gilly, man, and they went ahead and signed uh, Jordan Goodwin to a uh, two-way. So those three two-way spots just like that guy filled, man. So just talk about um your thoughts on gilly you know what he's brought things like that and then going forward with uh going forward with jordan goodwin just you know your outlook on the season with him uh and things like that i i love i love the time that gilly was here um i as soon as he got to south haven you know as a 
as a short king himself. I I I, I, I <laughs> attracted to um the guys that can just go in and hoop. And Jacob Gilliard, he did what he had, he did what he he did what he needed to do. He it was he's limited defensively because of his size, but you can't you can't criticize him on that. But he definitely made the effort. He was not he was not scared of the moment. He played a lot of big minutes for us down the stretch in some of those games. You know, he was a good glue guy. When they was asked to start, he started. When he was asked to come off the bench, came off the bench. When he was asked just to sit inside favor and chill, he did that. Um, yeah. So I have nothing bad to say about Gilly. I really hope he gets picked up by another team or by the Ignite or something. He's a he's still like he's twenty five, so he's not on, he's still young, but he's not like on like the super young side. Yeah. But he still has he still has enough experience, like you said, to be a viable option on a team that just needs they just need some point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have nothing bad to say about Gilly at all. Absolutely. Team. Um, he's a great guy. Great guy. I mean, the team seemed to like him. You know, the coaches seem to like him. So nothing bad to say about him at all, honestly. All positive things about Gilly. Yep, yep. So we were trying to look it up before we started recording because, you know, me personally, I was sitting there like, if they cut him because of games played, um, which I think he only had two games left that he could actually dress out for, whether he plays or not, don't matter. But he only had two games left, and that's the reason why, you know, I, I see why they cut bait. It, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll bring him back on a 10-day, you know, try to get him a little bit more bread before they actually move on, move on from him. Uh, but I was trying to figure out, I'm like, if, if you're cutting him and he only got two games left, how does that work? Like, you know, uh, yeah. the person that you feel his shoes two games like you know, how does that work and we looked it up man and uh basically with him signed right now jordan jordan uh jordan goodwin he's eligible to play i believe it was 16 games mm-hmm. uh the rest of the way of the season so um you know it's, it's a pro-rated pro-rated type of thing when he comes in they pro-rated to based off the 50 that everybody's giving uh that's what they pro-rated on so i'm excited to see what Jordan uh, Goodwin can do in those minutes. The only thing that I would say for me personally, it's kind of counterproductive having him and Scotty. I guess you can bounce between the two. Yeah. Uh, but, but having two two-way point guards, that legit either one of them could be, you know, vying for backup minutes next season because I'd mm-hmm. like him. Um, yeah. That was the only thing that was kind of weird to me. But just your thoughts on Jordan Goodwin, man. I like Jordan. Like, he, he reminds me of those – Old school, like kind of Lamar Stevens, like those old school green grind teams. Like he seemed like a guy that that would have fit in perfectly with those teams. And you need those type of guys on your roster. Um, right. The the games he played, the two games he's only played two games because last game he he got a DMP last game. Mm-hmm. Um, he had eleven against Milwaukee and ten against Houston. That's all you need a I'll guy to it. do. That's all you need a guy to do. He's a little bigger, like he he can play with a one or two because he's like six four. So he's mm-hmm. a little bigger. He can play either one, but he showed he can run the offense a little bit, you know, but also yep. still bang and rebound. So mm-hmm. I just want to see more. You know, I just want to see more. I want to see what he does, creating off the dribble a little bit. I want to see if he's a catch and shoot guy. I just want to see more. He showed some good flashes so far. Um, yeah. So the team wants to go in the direction of, like, banking on, like, one of these two young guys between Scotty and Jordan going to be our backup point guard for the future. I'm not against that, yep. you know. I, I still like D-Rose. I still like the D-Rose. I really want to see what the front office does with the point guard rotation. Because right now we have Ja, Derrick Rose, Lamar Stevens, not Lamar Stevens, John Goodwin, and um, Scottie Scott Pippen. So mm-hmm. that that's still – Errol talked about the center. Everybody's talking about the center um, debate, what we do with the center. But the point guard is still a thing to keep an eye on. Yeah. Because we don't really have a – we don't really have secure – a secure backup one right now. And we see Ja, we need – I'm not saying Ja's injury prone, but he's been injured – 
here and there. These it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, and we were spoiled for years with Tyus. We were spoiled for years with him. Man. So now we need to find that guy. I wish it was Derek, but Derek is just getting older. He's probably not going to be that guy for us. I wish he was, but he's just not. So yeah. we're trying to find our guy that can um that can be that backup point guard. Because if I was me, I would try to get a veteran point guard. I like made around 28, 27. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm, I don't get paid to make those decisions. <laughs> so I like Jordan. I like Jordan. I, I'm cool to see if the front office is going. So hopefully mm-hmm. he can produce more. But I just want to see more. But I like what I've seen so far from him. Yeah, man. I, I love big point guards. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they a lot of times, you know, if they got the skill, obviously, um, they just he looked like he in control, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he didn't really look those two games that, that I saw him. I didn't know who he was. I know it was some people that, like, are you know, I call myself a basketball junkie to an extent, so it is a lot of random guys I know. I didn't know nothing about Jordan Goodwin. I'm just gonna, be I didn't honest. either, I didn't either, but know. you know, <laughs> a, lot <laughs> of, <laughs> a lot of people that uh that knew who he was was excited for us to sign him. Before he before he touched the floor, people were saying, "Oh yeah, this is a great pickup." So you know, I'm gonna kind of lean towards. All right, I'm gonna be open to see what he does. But he just looked in control. Uh, like you said, he had two great games. Uh, man, he's one of them guys, just like a Lamar Stevens. You know, I, I know that contract situation right now is two different things. But he just one of those guys that you know, if you need him to slide in, from what I can see. He can do that, and it doesn't look like it's an off fit. Like it's it don't like Gilly again. Love Gilly, mm-hmm. but when you move on from John Moran, Derrick Rose, like, and you insert Gilly, it just look weird. Shit just look, look different. It just it don't look, look right. Yeah, it look different. <laughs> but, but but with Goodwin, man, it just looks like a seamless fit. He looks like a real NBA player. Um, a little bit different from Jalen Noel. Shout out to him. But yeah, you know he can hit a three. You know, and yeah. J- Jalen Noel could hit shit. I don't he know what was nothing. going on. <laughs> you can. And it's just good, and back to your point, it's good to have those big guards that seem like they can take the bumps, control the offense. Also, like, he's 25 years old. He's played a lot of basketball. Oh, damn, I thought he was older than that. No, he's 25. Like, he was born. He look old. Yeah, he look old. But, like, (laughs) I feel like the Grizz is doing a good job the front office-wise. It's still, like, we went through through the youth movement when when Jai and Dez were tripped were, like, young. Now we're finding guys that are kind of on the same, like, Time trajectory is them. The only person like the youngest doing the same course is Gigi. We don't have yeah. that many guys that are like 21, 20, 19, 18 years old anymore. And I think that's a good thing to have. Absolutely. That's why I don't think we should go find a young point guard in the draft because mm-hmm. I don't, we don't need that. We need the guys that's played a lot of games that can just seamlessly. That's why these two way guys have been able to just seamlessly fit all year, whether it's Trey Jimson or Jalen Noel or Lamar Stevens, even though he just got signed to a full year deal, because these guys just play a lot of basketball. Basketball is not a it's not a complicated game. It's not, bro. It's not complicated, bro. If you've played enough basketball, you you can pretty much play. It's like it's like going to the it's like going to twenty four hours fitness. You got five guys on the court that know hoop. You ain't got to say too much. You can just move when you got to move. Roll the ball out. Cut. Roll the ball and just hoop. These guys just just played a lot of basketball. They played D one basketball at a high level. They played. G League ball at a pretty high level. So you just have those guys that can just run out there the ball and hoop. And that's what Jordan Goodwin is. A guy that knows how to play basketball. He can go on any team in the NBA and give us give them valuable minutes. He just didn't get the opportunity he did on the Suns. Right. So if he can do that here, which I feel like he will do, of course, we'll see what happens. Only been two games in a small sample size. Mm-hmm. If he can do that, I think he can. I th- I personally like him a little better than Scotty just on the defensive aspect. He's a better defender than Scotty Scotty Pippen Jr. Just in just from what I've seen. And I like yeah. Scotty Pippen. 
but I feel like I, I just like defense. I'm always going to go with the defensive guy that can give you a little bit of offense and an offensive guy that can give you little no defense. That's just my own personal taste. Yeah. So if we can somehow figure out the current situation and cut some guys and maybe sound drunk over long term, I think that would be a plus for this team. I'm a hundred. I'm on. I'm on board. Like you said, it's a small sample size, so I know some people they get irritated when people make you know quick judgments. But like his game, from what I can see, is gonna translate. Like spell up, he's playing at his own pace, and it's been you know it's been productive minutes. So I'm not against them, and they're gonna have to do something anyway next year as far as filling out the roster and trying to um, you know move some guys around, make some space and things like that. But once yeah. you got space, I'm not mad at them. You know, like you said, signing a good ones, maybe a multi-year contract, maybe a three-year deal on a vet minimum type deal uh, mm-hmm. where he ain't breaking the bank. That way it allows you, because he's older than Scotty, so it allows Scotty to be on that two-way carefree. He still get his time to G League when needed and things like that. And after his second year, his two-way is done, then you can look in and maybe add him to the fold. So yeah. I, I like that idea a lot, bro. I, I really do. Um, so shout, shout out to Jordan Goodwin, man. Excited to see yeah. um, what he looks like, you know, with a, I mean, I say a regular contract, but at least saying a 10 day. So, yeah. <laughs> um, well, we're going to end it on this note, man. We got about maybe 15 minutes left. We're going to end it on what seems to be the most polarizing player on the Grizzlies this year. You know, I know Dylan Brooks was, he held that title probably for the last three, four years while he was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, the Grizzlies, man, Grizz Twitter, we're going to argue about something. Mm-hmm. We're going to argue about some shit. That's one thing we're going to do. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna get mad, we're gonna get mad, we're gonna get happy, we're gonna get <laughs> Grizz Twitter or Twitter jersey is an emotional place. Grizz Twitter is so emotional. Like we lose Ooh. one game, people say, call for the Jenkins job, cut Dang. this dude, trade. I'm like, bro, chill. Like, these are grown men that just mess up on their job just like you do every day, bro. Like <laughs> you people forget that the NBA is a job. You understand? People, people don't go when you go to your job, whoever listens to this, you don't you don't do perfect every day. You may mess up a file, you may mess up. I know a I don't. Free. These dudes are doing the same exact thing. <laughs> they're going to job. They're going to work, and they may not do perfect every day. So right. chill a little bit, Grizz Twitter, because them jokers will argue over anything. Just chill, bro. Man, talk about it. Talk about it. If you haven't guessed, it's really only one player we really be talking about, mm-hmm. and it's Jake Laravia. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody's so up and on. We, we people are mixed about him. People, some people love him too. <laughs> Bro, get that man out of here. Get that token out of Memphis. Why is he still in Memphis? Why is that young man still on my basketball team? Oh get that boy, man, out of Memphis, bro. He don't even oh. look like he's from Memphis, bro. At least, nah. at least, at least, Jake got a sleeve once he got here. Maybe <laughs> still like he from Wake Forest, bro. Oh boy, he bought that man. He bought that goofy ass grizzly chain. I said, man, that's gonna age like spoiled milk when he get traded. For real though, he gonna look at that joint. Damn, I spent like two hundred racks on that joint. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I'm hoping he got it from one of them little fake dealers in Wolf Chaser or, or the Southland Mall yeah, or something. Because boy, if you spend some mm. bread on that, that's got to be the dumbest decision I ever he seen. You better say that joint on eBay or something <laughs> <laughs> on the black market, something. But yeah, you know, we but, we really we talking, talking about Terrence. Like, yeah, Terrence. <laughs> we talking about trip though. We talking about trip. We talking about a real NBA player here, man. We ain't talking yeah. about no no somebody college playing over here. Mm-hmm. Um. Jaren, man, he 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 definitely been the most polarizing player as far as like I said, Grizz Twitter. For the simple fact, you got so many people on 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 different sides of the conversation with him. Uh, and I ask this, you know, I, I set it up for you uh, so you can come through and, and slam dunk it. But 
you know, he – let me – I'll tell you how I feel about Jaron and, and from kind of what the critiques that we hear and what we see. Mm-hmm. Um, him coming in his rookie year under J.B. Bickerstaff, bro, like I was I was excited about that pick. Um, obviously, you saw the guys that went before him. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say – It was Luca, Trey Young, DeAndre Aiden. Yep, and Marvin no, Bagley. No, no, Trey Young went after him. Marvin Bagley went like second or third. Second, second yep. Runner. And then Luca was third, and then Jaron was fourth, and then Trey And they traded third. him. They traded, yeah. Yep. So, so, you know, that, that was a pretty good, for the most part, you know, it was a great pick. You know, then you see him go to summer league. I'm like, oh, shit, man, he hitting threes. You blocking everything. You know what I'm saying? He's mm-hmm. switching. Like, okay, we got something here. Power boy. So, at the time, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, extending Mark's career. At that time, yeah, yeah. And, and he comes in, bro. Like, just the way Jay he had him playing, he was playing down low, like he was in mm-hmm. the post, back uh, to the basket. You know, he, back to the basket. He was hitting, you know, spot up threes here and there. But I was liking what I was seeing from him. And then, you know, uh, Jenkins took over and he brought in the let it fly mentality. And you just really didn't get to see too much of the back to the basket game, um, really up until maybe the last, you know, maybe the last 12 months or so. Uh, mm-hmm. With Jaron just realizing that okay, I am a legit seven footer that's about two sixty five that most guys in the NBA just cannot deal with me physically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, you know, he does. You know, I, I will say he depends on that three point shot a little bit too much. Uh, it's not falling this year. This is one of his worst years shooting a three. So you know, yeah. you know, you get what comes with that. But overall, man, the guy has, you know. As a third guy in the pecking order, I guess you would put him as at least that's me. Um, mm-hmm. to be the only one alongside G League players, I don't really got too many critiques for Jaron, bro. Like, I, I understand that he, he I'll just say it, I don't think he's ever gonna be in the top 10 of rebounding in the league. I think we can just forego that conclusion. That's just not nah. gonna happen. Mm-mm. Um, he could definitely rebound a hell of a lot better than what he does. Uh, and and I, I've, I've always kind of questioned, I don't want to say his motor, but his competitiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's times where, like, he will – he'll get fouled and or he gets fouled and just don't get called because he's on the ground or whatever. And he just – he's on the ground just watching the play. Or he's taking his precious time to get up to get back on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, it just – he don't seem as engaged competitively as mm-hmm. I would like. And I got my thoughts on that, uh, but and I, I'll come back after that. But just setting it up, man, that with the critiques that you that you see, you know, you may see something different than what I see. Um, is it fair with Jaron? Like, do you think that um, it what you see with him as far as the rebound and the motor and stuff like that, the aggressiveness, is that fair? Or as a third guy that you just kind of look at it like, uh, well, he the third, he the third chink in the armor. I'm not looking at him like the main guy. Like, what's your thoughts on the whole Jaron conversation? I'm I'm split. Like I I used to be in like the journey to rebound more court. Like if my pops was on here right now, he he knows I used to talk his head off because I was like, Jaren is six eleven and he ain't rebounding. <laughs> you gotta you just gotta take dudes from where they at. That'll mm-hmm. be my only biggest critique on trip. Like he doesn't rebound. We know this. Yeah. yeah. He just kinda is what it is. Like he's been this is his sixth season in the NBA. Sometimes you just see guys what this. You can't you can't develop rebounding. So rebounds are one two. You gotta want yeah. to rebound. You gotta want to bang down low. Mm-hmm. That's just not Tripp's game. He's never gonna be a twenty and ten guy. Just yeah. never is. Yeah. If he can get twenty five and seven, then we're looking at like that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
that's only like that's the only thing I really critique Trip on. I honestly think his motor is pretty good when he's engaged. When he's engaged, when he's like really engaged, I feel mm-hmm. like it's very little guy, very few guys on the court can stop him. Absolutely. But this year, I gave him a little bit. I give him a, give him a little bit of um a grace because he is the main guy on the court. He is getting double and triple teamed every every position down the floor, and that gets tiresome. Like he's people get these guys are humans at the end of the day. They get tired and and I they job just like all of us. Yep. He's getting double, triple teamed three times a game, and he's not getting calls. I'll be irritated too. Yeah, I'll be frustrated too. Would I like him to get up a little bit quicker? But he's playing 35, 40 minutes a game when he's playing. Yeah. So like, I I can live with that. I can live with that. Like I was I was sold on trip. It was a little stretch, but it was game one of the Warriors series when he hit like three, four threes in a row, and he it was like second or third quarter because I went to that game. Mm-hmm. It was. A, he was just going ballistic. Oh man, that game was lit. That that energy in the building in that game, even though we lost that game, the man. energy in the building was freaking amazing. God, that that's that's when I was sold on y'all. Like, okay, all right, we got some like like he was already doing his thing before that, but that strip, he was just he like three, four threes in a row, then he blocked it, and then I feel like Danny Mel threw a lot of the job. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, yep, yep, we got some. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we got some. So like I feel like Drip Trip is criticized a little bit too much in my opinion, because people are expecting him to be like I don't know like a Giannis type that's just gonna go and put your head down the rim and get you forward. That's just not gonna be him. That ain't but him. is he gonna is he gonna be an All Star? Yes. But why why be mad? We have three All Stars on the same team. Yeah. Who in the league right now has three All Stars on one team that are all in their prime or all getting to the prime of their career? No one. Nobody right now. So I feel like. People get on him a little too much. Like honestly, like I feel like people need to lay off him just a little bit because he's an all-star. He's a perennial defense player of the year every year. And mm-hmm. he's the perfect I couldn't think of a perfect person to put next to a more perfect person to put next to Ja in days. I just can't think of one. And Man. he can take over a game. So I don't I think the criticism is a, is a little too much unfair in my opinion. You brought up a good point, man. Shout out to Daniel Greer. He brought this question up on the Greer's post-game show. It was a couple months ago that he posed, and he was saying, if it's one player that you could add to John Morant to just say, this guy is the perfect big man or the perfect player, compliment to Jaren, who I mean to Ja, who would it be? And you know, I got one name, bro. Mm-hmm. I got one name. Okay, let me. And it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But it's one name. It's one player. If I could just snap my finger tomorrow and he was on this Grizzly team, that I say he's the perfect fit. And that's Bam Adebayo. Yeah, Bam, he is the yeah. ultimate two way two way big in the NBA. He can facilitate. He can defend. It's a shame that he ain't been on the. I think is it a defensive team or is it just a DPOY that he don't have? He don't. He it's, don't have a DPOY. He don't, he don't got a DPOY. I know he's been an all defensive team. That's, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's an award that he needs to at some point get. Um, you talking about? I mean, he can hit mid-range shots. He can hit threes. He can drive. He can work in the post. Like you talking about a perfect compliment. And he one knock on job. I mean, on Jaren is that he just he's not great at screen setting. He'll either slip it, or if he actually decides to set the screen, a lot of time he'll get called for offensive foul. So one thing about Bam, he's a great screen and roller. He's a great screener. Period. Outside of that, man, me personally, it's just me personally. Like you said, it ain't too many guys that I'm like, okay, that's on that level that I'm like, all right, I'll just, you know, be itching to replace trip with. Like, that's one guy. And like I said, Miami ain't letting him go. They're yeah. just not. 
Yeah, so, and I, I, didn't, I didn't think of that. I really didn't think of that. I guess people would say that Bam is a better version of Trip. Like that's that, it. That's that's really it. Like I guess I guess that's what people want Trip to be, and I can see why because they kind of in that same realm. They can kind of do a little bit of everything. Trip's a little better shooter than Bam, but but yeah, that I I didn't think of that. I I didn't think of that. That that's probably like that's probably Trip's ceiling is being a Bam out of bio. Yep. And if if he doesn't get there, I'm not gonna be mad either because I don't think the gap between Bam and Trip. I feel like it is a gap. I feel like Bam's a little better than Trip. But I don't Absolutely. think it's just like marginally just huge. You know, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. only thing that Bam does better is he rebounds better and he can put the ball on the floor a little bit better. That's really yep. it. Those are two big skills. Like Bam is having 20 and 10 this year, and he's two inches shorter than Trip. Yeah, you know, but that that comes with want to. That comes with like you said, motor. But That's it. You can't. It's sometimes basketball is not apples and oranges. Sometimes, sometimes guys is who are who they are, and I'm going to be just fine if Jaron Jackson is still the third option on my championship team when we wanted two chips in. I'm not going to be calling for him to get get Miami on the phone because Eric Spoelstra and Pat Riley ain't letting go of Bam Adebayo. That they ain't, not let him go. He ain't ne- unless they have a big blow up and Bam just requests requests a trade. Yeah, it ain't happening. So for all Grizz Twitter. Give you lay out, Jaren. If y'all talk about rebounding, <laughs> cool, I get it. But sometimes you six seasons in, that's not who you're gonna be. So I think they need to lay off them a little bit. So let me ask you this, and we're gonna end on this question. We're gonna get out of here. It's it's, it's still dealing with Jaren with the critiques that we do give him because I think the critiques are fair. Like mm-hmm. nobody's wrong for pointing out the fact that Jaren needs to to rebound better. A hundred percent, bro. Like yeah, I facts. think. If you had a personal conversation with him, you I think he would say that himself. Uh with the motor thing, I think he would say that himself. With fouling, I think he would yeah, say that fouling, himself. Yeah, for sure. Uh being a person that's worked he's working on that this year, you know, uh, he's had a lot of five assist games. I love yeah. to see that. Um, it's aspects of his game that you can definitely point out to and say, bro, we want to see you better at that. The critique is fair. But with those critiques that we do point out. Would you put it – how would you split – you know, we're going to play the blame game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you put it all on Jaren? Do you put it all on the scheme? Mm-hmm. The way that, you know, that, that 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 the way that that plan is designed to look? Or do you just flat out put it on Taylor Jenkins? Which one of those would you say, or all, or one or two, would you say is the reason for, like, the critiques that have been a constant critique of Jaren mm-hmm. for the most part – why these things are not getting fixed? What, what, what would you say is the, is the blame on it? It all depends on which critique. In my opinion, it all depends on which critique you want to pick on. Fouling, that's all Jaren. That mm-hmm. He just stops swiping at everything. Like, I get yeah. it. You're the best. We're one of the best shot blocks in the league. That's going to be your instinct to swipe at everything. Now, I understand that the Grizz has designed their scheme for him to be the last line of defense. So, we know mm-hmm. they get past one of our guards. Jaren's swiping at the limb. He's yeah. at the room, but he still swipes it a little bit too. He stay, he doesn't stay on his feet a lot. If he yeah. if he oh, he's man, in the air. So that's that's he does not stay on his feet. He is very bad at staying on his feet. Because he mm-hmm. thinks he can be as he should. But it's sometimes when it's a when it's a break, Jimmy is dunked on a lot too, because he tries to chase dudes down and everything. Like, oh, Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi just dunked on him last game. Mm-hmm. Like, like two steps on, but he still put him in the rim because Jan and I that's a blocker mentality. I'll never be seven foot, so I don't know. Right. <laughs> I'll never be seven foot. So I get right, that. right, right. But I feel like I feel like it's a mix of 
how Jenkins moves him and trip. I would say it's a little more. I'll give it maybe like 60% brain of Jenkins in the scheme. Because Jenkins schemes, he does scheme as a QB. He schemes him and him be a float around the perimeter, high-low type of game. Very rarely – he does more this year, but still in his, in his career, he's been very rarely as a back-to-back type of guy. Besides his first year, he was here when JB was here. Jenkins loves to put him in a in around the perimeter, catch and shoot, maybe a high-low action, get it on the top of the key and have him work from – that's just not how – that's just not how – um, Jenkins is on his offense, so it's hard for him to get rebounds when he's always outside the perimeter. And right. that's one thing, but but does he have the want to to go in there and crash the boards? Not really either. So it's a little bit right. of both, you know? And the motor thing, I, I'll put that on trip. I think that you, you can always get in better shape. You can mm-hmm. always do more conditioning in the offseason. You can always run more suicides, run more heels, yeah. all that. So I feel like that's a trip thing. So it all depends on which one you nitpick on. We've been talking about strictly like rebounding and like that's the biggest thing. I feel like that's a little bit of both. And that's, yeah. that's kind of where I stand on. Trip does a trip. And we're not doing this to, to harp on trip. Trip is a great player. Jan and Julia right. is a legit NBA player. This isn't, I don't want anyone to misconstrue this thing. We're just being ultra negative towards Jan Jack. We want Jan Absolutely Jack not. On, on Memphis. Cause I know some folks like the people don't know, no blood. They trying to, yeah, we ain't doing that. Absolutely not. Young Young Dude is a legit NBA player that we that is a cornerstone for this franchise right now. But there is some things he needs to improve on. And I feel like if he goes in the gym this year and say, Hey, let me not jump at everything. Let me let me get my shooting percentage up a little bit. Let me let me get in better shape. Then we won't have this conversation. So I feel like I feel like blame goes a little bit on both sides, honestly. I don't think you can put it all on one discrete entity at all yeah yeah that's 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 kind of where i fall at bro like this is just me this is just me i find it hard to believe sometimes that a guy and i'm this ain't even talking about jerry this is talking about nba guys in general a guy that's getting paid millions of dollars to be a professional basketball player Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to understand how they don't have a high basketball IQ. Yeah. I will say that it's a lot of times with Jaren, like defensively, his defensive IQ, like you said, if you want to talk about the filing, that's a little low IQ. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Al Wynn, man. He he calls it, you know, he, he says Jaren has a foul kink. Like, <laughs> like he has a fetish with fouling. Uh, it makes him happy. It makes him excited. I don't know what it is, but – that right there is a lot of times IQ. You're going on, you know, when you're six for him. And, yeah, he's had some years battle with injury. But that's one of them things that when you're watching film, like we watched film in high school and mm-hmm. in college, you know, uh, of, all right, this is what we did this week. You Sometimes you'll just watch practice film. We ain't even talking about real game film. Um, and you're seeing ways where you can be better with getting your hand out of the cookie jar. Like you said, staying on your feet and not jumping at everything. Like this stuff right here should be able to be fixed from watching film and yeah. just using your mind saying, okay, this ain't a smart thing to do right now. Those mm-hmm. ticky-tack fouls that he gets sometimes back-to-back or just lazy fouls he gets. And now as soon as you get that foul, you already know Taylor Jig is calling your number to get back on the bench. So you immediately just run back or walk back. Like mm-hmm. stuff like that, that yeah, that's 100% on January. I don't want to hear anything about you watching film or you having a 
pamphlet full of stuff that Taylor Jenkins wanted you to work on in the offseason if we can't get stuff like that right. That's on Jaren as a professional himself mm -hmm. to lock in and fix that. So, I'm look, hey, that's on him. The motor thing, I'm like you in a sense where I think that's split down the middle. Mm -hmm. And I put that on him and coaching because, again, if you played sports before – you know, we, we've all either been that person or we played with somebody that the coach that they had at a certain point just wasn't going to be the coach. Man, hell of a talent. Hell of a talent. But the coach at that particular time just was not going to be the person to get the full version of this player out of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when they got a different coach, you just start to see this player blossom. You start to see them doing things that they weren't doing to, you know, just take them over the hump. When it comes to that, I think that it's it's too much of a you know Taylor Jenkins is our friend. You know he's a substitute teacher. He's the he's a big brother. He's a cool uncle. He's this. He's that. You know I know they have a great relationship, and I'm not saying that he don't hold them accountable to you know to a T. You know because I ain't in them I ain't in them practices. I can't tell you that. But when I hear everybody echo the same thing to where they say Taylor Jenkins just lets us go out there and play. He lets us be ourselves. He lets us do this. Like, God damn. It, like, when, <laughs> like, we got to have some type of accountability and structure to this thing. Like, we can still be cool. We can still have a great relationship and be honest with each other. But we also need to be like, all right. And, you, you know, hey, Trip, like, you're BSing tonight, bro. Like, you're like you're not – damn the rebounds, damn the shots. Damn, like, one thing that you can control every single night is your effort. You may mm -hmm. can't control the ball going in the hoop. You can't control, you know, how, you know, the dude that you're playing against that night, what he does for the, you know, for the most part, but you can control your effort every night. Uh, and so it's one of them things to where, like, again, I, it's very well documented. I don't think Taylor Jenkins is going to be the guy that get them over the hump. And that's part of it right there. Mm -hmm. You know, no, it, definitely. My fault. Keep going. No, no, you good. Um, I just think. I ain't saying you got to have somebody that's going to cuss them out, but I would love to see it. You know, mm -hmm. talk about a guy like Sam Cassell that's been a, a assistant for a while, a vet, an OG. There's mm -hmm. a video that went around where he was like, he was getting in James Harden's ass while they was practicing. And Tyrese Maxey was just sitting there kind of jokingly laughing and stuff. But if you can do that to an MVP type player, mm -hmm. I know you can, I know you can talk to and reach Jaron Jackson. Like he ain't no asshole. He ain't a person that's going to be above criticism. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But I think he needs a coach. I ain't saying Sam Cassell has to be the one, but he needs a player like that that he you can just man, you know, you, you if you know, you know. Like yeah. players look at certain player coaches that played the game or have a certain personality trait. They look at them differently, bro. And yeah. that's what I say. Jaron needs. I would say John needs it too. But more importantly, yeah. you just need somebody to pull that out of Jaron, bro. No, I agree. I definitely feel like I'm not saying. It's a two different things. Grizzlies mm. in front of they didn't they did a great job with developing certain guys. Yeah, have gotten better over the years. That's that's not what I'm saying at all. Mm -hmm. But I can say there are some constant issues with all the core guys that have been there from the beginning and that are still now. The only person I really say has really done a whole like 180 is Dez. Like Dez. That's, that's the only person I can really. But that, that of course I don't know Dez. We don't know Dez's main person. But that's kind of seen like Dez's personality. He's really low key. He just getting the gym. He want to go home. Focused. With his kids and getting mm -hmm. the gym and hoop and grill and, and go to Texas for the for the summer and kick with his fam. That's, that's why he the leader, bro. Yeah, and that's that's another comes for another podcast. That mm -hmm. it seems like that's how Dez is. 
But mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys like Zaire. He still has some of the same issues he had when he first got here. Josh, mm-hmm. I feel like Josh got in bed, but he still has like a down here. I'm gonna get to the rim no matter what mentality. Sometimes I feel like that. We've seen that's how Josh has been injured sometimes. I think that's a yep. coaching thing. Like yep. when you was talking, of course that this isn't gonna happen again. Like the perfect coach, coach for this for core, like for this core of guys, like a Mike Brown who's in Sacramento. That's a guy that I would like to see. Mm-hmm. It's been also a lot of practice where he's got on Darren Fox. And Man. So laying into him, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you said, like, I feel like a lot of guys, or just people in general, they're, they're going to respect guys more that have done it on a high level or coach guys on a high level and right. not afraid to, to shoot it to them straight, you know? And we're, we're not saying Jenkins doesn't do that at all. It's just a certain level. I, I think Jenkins is an anal- like he's an analytical guy. He's a mm-hmm. by the book. Sometimes a hooping, bro, forget all that. Y'all just go out and go hoop, and this is what you need to do. Sometimes you got to throw the books out the window, throw the analytical, throw the play groups. Oh, I hated that term when he said that. I hate that term, bro. <laughs> the play what group. is that? Oh, my goodness. I was like, bro, what's up? He said he lives looking good in the play groups. What's a playground? Jenkins just made up some shit, bro. I hate hearing that word, bro. Like, bro, that? sometimes you gotta throw all that out the window. And like, hey, this week we finna lock in, sit down on defense. We finna put this ball in the hole, and we finna kick these dudes' tail. Yep. And Jen- Jenkins just don't seem like that type of guy sometimes. You know. Let me point something out to you real quick because you brought up a great point, bro. Case in point of what you're saying, right? We talk about scheme, and I think to a fault, and I was gonna talk about that too. Part of Jaren's issue is scheme because you see him run for the most part he running from three-point line to three-point line mm-hmm. unless he's trying to get some he decides that this possession i'm gonna try to get position and i'm gonna try to make a play but it was the last maybe minute 30 maybe of the other night when they played the clippers mm-hmm. you probably remember this play uh luke Kennard gets a rebound mm-hmm. vince williams sprints to the ball they still in the they still on the in the backcourt like the, the yeah. shot clock just reset he sprints to the ball demanding the ball from luke Kennard. number one shout out to vince i love to see that Vince right there. It's a man, he said give me the ball and i'm finna we i'm a i'm gonna figure this out mm-hmm. so jaron is kind of trailing kind of lollygagging up the court with vince as vince is running up the court he is pointing to zaire williams he's telling him get out of the corner bro go to the other side like get out of the way yeah. Clear this side, and then once Zaire takes off, he then points at Trip and says, "Trip, basically pointing him to the block, like go get in the space, like yeah. go go get your it's positioning, yeah. and I'm finna pass you the ball." I have never seen John Morant do something like that with Jaron. I've never seen Desmond Bain do something like. That. I've only seen it slightly with Marcus Smart. Slightly. Yeah. Vince has been the first person I've ever seen him basically say, "All oh, y'all go to him." Get out of the way, and you get your ass right here. Why yeah. is it taking Vince Williams, who just come off a, a two-way contract, who for the most part of his tenure up until, like, you know, this year, has looked kind of goofy. Like, I couldn't even take Vince serious for a while. Now he looked like one of the more level-headed players that we've had on this team. And when yeah. he did that, I was like, man, like, why, why is it taking a guy like that? And shout out to him for doing it. But why is mm-hmm. it taking a guy like that to basically just break code and take control of this game? Like, yeah, forget whatever the scheme is. Forget whatever the play that's gotten called. We finna play basketball. Mm-hmm. Jaron, you are bigger than every player on that court. And even the guy that you're basically the same size as and, and Zubak. 
like you taking it to his chest every time he guard you. So basically, nobody him. on this, yeah, nobody on this court at this time can guard you. We're going through you, Jaron. Period. Like it's stuff like that that like I, I have to put fault on Jenkins because if Vince Williams, the player, can see this, it's no reason why we not coming back to the huddle in times and airballs your ways. And this is the thing. Hey, I don't care who get the rebound, go set up Jaron. Period. We knew that when Zebo was here, we knew what was happening. And the yeah. other team knew what was happening before it even happened. They were going to go down on the other side of the ball. Zach going to put that hand up. And whoever got it, they're going to throw it to that hand and let Zach work. Thanks. So that's my thing, bro. It just irritates me that the fact that, like, stuff like that, that, that Jenkins ske- schematically hasn't figured out a way to unlock Jaren's full potential. You know, this whole Giannis thing that they kind of got him doing where he's taking it from the three point line, it's cute. Yeah. But when Ja gets back, when Dez gets back, you're starting to see Gigi. We had the conversation last week about him moving up in the pecking order. Like, mm-hmm. this is not going to be a thing that Jaron does on the regular. It's just not. It's just yeah. not. And, so, I, I hope, and, I, and I hope Jaron isn't regulated to another catch and shoot guy. I hope he still brings some of these keys he learned this year. And yeah. I hope he can see that he is capable of doing some of these things. But right. I hope when Ja and Trip, I mean, Ja and Dez and Smart get back, I hope he doesn't just sit in the corner. Kid and shoot. I hope he's not just a, in the dunker spot. Like he mm-hmm. still needs to adopt some of these things now and apply it to when everybody get there. Because right. you mentioned it, like sometimes that we don't be like, "Hey, f the play, get tripped the ball," and that may be a confidence thing. I don't know. That may, we, this is all speculation. Maybe Jenkins doesn't believe in trip enough to do that. But we saw that with John John Dead. Sometimes, sometimes it's a, "Hey, forget it, get a get a bucket twelve. Get a bucket, Dez. Like, yep. literally, when Jaws first game back, Dez and they was like, F this. F the play to me. You get the ball. You go right. win this game. Right. It was like that with Dez a lot. Maybe, but I feel, maybe it's a belief thing, but I feel like Trip can't be one of those guys where he's like, yep. this is why he can do that. Where he's like, hey, forget it. We finna get you the ball and get out. I just hope Jenkins sees that he can be one of those guys because if Prime Memphis, when everyone's healthy, if you have three guys and take over the game, no one in the league can stop you. Not one, not two, but three guys that can just say, Hey, I'm gonna put y'all on my back tonight. Y'all ride with me, and y'all fill in the spaces after that. Yep, ain't no one in this league stop us. We have two, no, yep. we have three guys with the talent, but only two that has the mentality or the belief with the front office to do that. Yep. We've seen Ja take over games, we've seen Dez take over the games. Now we need to see the next step. I want to see next year some of those games, especially those competitive games. Like, hey, nah, forget this trip. Like, nah, I'm 6'11, I'm seven foot. Can't know this folk guard me. Give me the ball. I'm giving this block. I'm gonna scope this thing from the outside and can't know the floor guard me. That's the next step I want to see. Trip, it's not time to what he's 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 talented. He got the talent. Yeah, just I want to see the belief in Jingus to put him in that position. And mm-hmm. I, I also want to see the, the switch for trip to flip. He's like. Can't nobody in this whole guard me because he we see it sometimes. We see it sometimes. Not saying he's never done it. We see it sometimes. But next year, when everyone is back, we, we need to see Trip being that solidified third guy that can like, you know what? This is my game. Like y'all did, y'all do y'all thing. Yeah, we still feed y'all, but this is my night, and I'm gonna take y'all to victory. I'm gonna give you a prime example when I knew it. this is what flipped the switch for me because I I've I've been kind of like thinking about it, like like we talked about earlier, like you accept somebody for who they are, right? I've accepted Jaren for what he is. You know, you're going to have to probably get somebody that is a great rebounder to put next to him, a big body to, you know, set screen thing. Like, like that's fine. Hey, you build around your guys to, to, to basically shrew up their weaknesses. 
So, you know, his even with mentality, I'm like, you know, if he in it, he in it. If he ain't, he ain't. When they played, I want to say it was the last time they played them. And it was right when everybody got injured and basically it was trip out there for the first time by himself with the mm-hmm. G League team. They were playing the Timberwolves. And he was going at Cat and he was going at Goo, uh, Rudy Gobert, oh, Cat Raggedy. Going at they throw every single time. We're talking about two all NBA, multiple dec- like the, the awards that these guys have probably put together is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh for between the two of them. And Jaron by himself is sitting there going at these dudes' neck play after play after play after play. You look at his face, uh, you know, just just man, his mentality, he man, he was in. locked the F in, bro. And I ain't never seen Jaron look like that. Yeah, 36 that, that game. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. 36, 15 for 23 from the field, and three for six from the three-point line. He was on timing that game, bro. Man, go back. If, if y'all listening, go back and, and watch some, some film from that game. I know it's on YouTube. Man, go watch Trip. That was a different trip, and that let me know. And he, I think the next couple games, he kind of had lingerings of that. It was like a little a little hangover, like he still yeah. had the energy. But that let me know that it's in Trip. I don't mm-hmm. know what pissed him off. I don't know what caused him to get there. <laughs> But that showed me that it's in there and it can be brought out. I just need somebody. If it ain't him, everybody's not a self-starter. Like, we can say, oh, well, let's stop making, you know, excuses for trip. That's fine. But we know people, like you said, with a regular day job, we know people that we work with or, or, or practice and play with on, on sports teams. Everybody's not a self-starter. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's not that. Sometimes somebody's got to be primed up to get to that point. And when they get there, you unleash them. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Jaron is, bro. He's the person. He's not going to wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to go out here and kill. But if you got somebody that can prime him up, we see. We got film. We got we got pure uh, film of what happens when, when Jaron Jackson Jr. is primed up. We need somebody that can get that out of him. I ain't going to say on a nightly basis because that may be able to, you know, that may take a lot out of you, but on a consistent basis. Yeah. That's what I want to see, man. And it's in there. You can, I agree. You, you ain't gonna lie to me and tell me it ain't because I saw it. No, I agree, and that's and that's the perfect way to cap it off. Like we 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 seen that John Dez can be those dogs, and that's what it comes down to. It, whether it's John talking to him, whether it's Dez, whether it's Taylor Jenkins, whether this the assistant coach, where where Jaren Jackson's pops. If mm-hmm. Jaren Jackson senior need to tell that man, hey bro, something. <laughs> it's it's that that that's gonna that's gonna take this team from a perennial Western Conference team to a championship team. Because right mm-hmm. now I feel like. I feel like I was just as presently constructed without trades, without them. I feel like presently constructed, we are Western Conference final based team. That's just my, I don't see us as winning a chip next year with the team that we got now. But if Tripp mm-hmm. make that switch on and turn it on when he when he needs to, that could Come be on, one man. of the things that can push us over that level. Because three dogs that can do that, I keep saying it. A lot of teams may have three guys that title-wise can do it, but they don't have three guys that are dogs that can do it. And really, in the history of the NBA, it's not been a lot of teams that, if you go back to any championship team, every team has had at least two dogs that can go out and go kill. I yep. can't think of any team that's had three. Like, I'm trying to think right now, championship teams. I can't think of no team that they've had three dogs that can go kill. I really can't think right now. I'm trying to think of the duo that LeBron and D Wade, they had them, Jordan, Scotty, Shaq, and Kobe. Larry, you, you, you can say the Warriors, but Clay wasn't like he wasn't seeking and destroying his own nah. shot. He was, yeah, so you can't he, even say he that. Just, he could catch a he can catch fire, but he won't he won't be like, ah, oh, nah, this is this gonna be my game and I'm finna go kill. Yeah, like, like Steph and KD, they had that. 
Not many teams has three guys that can do that. And if Trip can do that, can no one stop this team next year, man? Or for the foreseeable future. Can't do it, man. And you ain't even mentioned Vince or Gigi coming. My God. Come Gosh. on, man. <laughs> My Mm-mm-mm. God. But yeah, man, that, that, that um I think he's gonna continue to be polarizing, you know, at least for the, the future. Cause again, we gotta find something to argue about, I guess. Uh yeah. I don't choose to engage in the conversation just because I think it's silly. Like I it's one of them things, like you said, I know what it is. I feel like in my heart, I know what can fix it. But until that happens, I mean, I'm not going to even get my blood pressure up and lose sleep at night about it. But I am going to root for the guy and hope he does at some point, uh, you know, get it to where, you know, we see what he can do on a consistent basis. But other than that, like you mm-hmm. said, I'm, I mean, shit, I mean, where he is now, it ain't too many guys that in the league that you can really take over him. The list is, is few. It's some you can, but the list is few. So yeah. we can end it like that, man. We can end it like that. Um, good conversation, bro. Good, good conversation. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, we got a lot to, like you said in the beginning, man, we got a lot to look forward to with this team. Um, it's exciting basketball, whether we losing or winning, uh, with these guys coming up. And I tune into every game, just like John Moran is playing, just like mm-hmm. Desmond Bain is playing. Uh, <laughs> they don't change for me. I'm, I'm still sitting there, you know, locked in, you know, before the game starts, ready to see these guys play. So, uh, hang in there, y'all. We're going to get up out of this season and, and 2024, 2025 is going to be, a hell of a, a hell of a year for the Memphis Grizzlies. I can stamp that. I'm sorry, it's happening. Yep. So before we get out of here, uh, Evan, you got anything you want to plug, man? Before we get out of here, nah, man. Just y'all stay tuned in. Um, y'all follow me on my socials. Um, at e11hayes, ig i am evan hayes. Um, and yeah, bro, just we we, we building something right here. I ain't gonna speak too much, you know, but we building something right here. We are gonna try to make something good. So y'all tap in with us. It's gonna be some. It's gonna be some solid for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. If y'all ain't figured it out, man, y'all gonna be seeing a lot more Evan soon. I just keep it at that. <laughs> I just keep it at that. I keep it at that. We ended like that, man. Um, shout out to the Grizz, man. We got some some good games coming up this week. Uh, we'll we recap them, you know, when we get back on here next week. We'll see y'all next Monday, man. Y'all be safe out there. So uh, as always, man, go Grizz. Go Grizz.